0: Hello and welcome to the Rare Disease Cell and Gene Therapy Weekly Roundup. Every week, we at Partners for Access discuss the major news developments impacting the rare disease and cell and gene therapy industry and what they mean for you.
1: Today, Kieran Cassidy and I, Christina Poschen, will discuss the latest status of the EU HTA regulation. Let me give you a bit of background before Kieran will later talk about the different stakeholder positions. Since 2004, the European Union collaborates on the drug approval, allowing manufacturers to submit just one application to gain marketing authorization in all 28 European member states. But then, to actually gain reimbursement, you need to submit 28 different reimbursement dossiers. To stop and to harmonize this, in January 2018, the European Commission adopted a proposal for new harmonized HTA regulation. There are four different key features in this proposal. The first is the joint clinical assessment, the joint joint scientific consultation, identifying emerging health technologies and voluntary cooperation. The one we will be focusing on today is the joint clinical assessment. And that is the most controversial aspect of the regulation and caused a nearly standstill of all the negotiations in the last year. The Joint Clinical Assessment, as the name says, focuses really just on the clinical aspects. The economic evaluation and the pricing are still within the remit of the individual member states and will happen nationally at a separate stage. Already the idea of giving up responsibility for the clinical evaluation is causing a standstill among the countries. Now, with a new European Union in place and just before the end of the Finnish presidency, the proposal is cropping up again, taking over the media. The biggest controversy at the moment is around Article 7. Should the assessment be binding on member state level, as currently proposed, or should it not? A recent ruling of the European Court of Justice supports that the current wording means it is legally binding and countries are not supposed to duplicate any of the work that has already been done. But in particular, France, Germany, Poland and Spain remain big opponents of this binding nature and call for a more voluntary cooperation across countries. There are now also stakeholders that are weighing in. And that is what Kieran will tell us more about.
2: In the meantime, stakeholders are voicing their opinions. The European industry body, FPR, is in favour of a binding joint assessment in order to streamline European-wide assessments and avoid different outcomes in different Member States with the same evidence. Of particular importance to FPR is the avoidance of reassessment and duplicate efforts at a national level. Along with support from industry, patient groups such as Eurodis came out with a statement underlining that patient access to innovative therapies should remain the key target for all stakeholders and the necessary delays through duplication of work will not lead to success. Or in the words of the group's CEO, Yan Li Kam, better no regulation than bad regulation. We at P4A also believe that a streamlined, clear process will support timely patient access to medicines. This also offers an opportunity to develop a European-wide HTA system with the ability to evaluate innovative therapies such as cell and gene therapies. However, a risk for both industry and patient access is that should this EU-wide clinical assessment become non-binding, we would likely see additional layers of red tape where some member states conduct a national assessment, irrespective of the EU-wide findings, ultimately delaying access in these countries. So the question on our minds here at P4A is whether or not a binding EU-wide clinical assessment can become a reality, that's a question I'm going to put to my colleague Christina. So Christina, what is the likelihood of this becoming a reality?
1: I think there is certainly still room for it, and I don't think it's completely dead. But looking at the time it already took, it needs the big countries to move. The earliest that could potentially happen is in 2020, when Germany is uh, heading the European Council and, uh, and can potentially find a compromise. But until then, I don't think much will happen. And that's it for this
0: week. For more news and analysis, do visit our website www.partnersforaccess.com. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. We welcome your feedback. Thanks for listening. See you next week.